Welcome to Fraud Busting. I'm Tracy Brown, the Fraud Busting Body Language Expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion dollar business deals. It's time to dive in so you can beat the fraudsters at their own game and build your bottom line. Sandra James visits Fraud Busting today. She's the CEO of Private Eyes Background Checks and also a private investigator. We'll hear about the consequences of not getting the right kind of background check when you're hiring and the different choices you have to make sure you get all the info you want. And you'll find out what happens when she's asked to follow someone in a domestic adultery case. Prepare to be fascinated. Sandra, thanks so much for coming on Fraud Busting. It's an honor to have you. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh yeah, so we met through a mutual friend from uh, a networking group that I'm in and she just raved about you. And you know what, we got to chat and I was like, oh my gosh, you're super cool. And what you do is really interesting. And so I don't wanna steal your thunder. Why don't you tell us what you do and, um, yeah, just start there and then we'll, we'll go from there. Okay, great. Well, I'm Sandra James and I'm the CEO of Private Eyes. And at Private Eyes, our core value is making a safe workplace possible. And we do that by providing high quality background checks to our customers fast across the nation. And so, you know, we're open from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we just, you know, we're passionate about verifying people's credentials to make sure they are who they say they are to all of our clients. And it just makes for a better work environment. It doesn't matter if you have five employees or a hundred thousand employees, we all need to know who we're hiring. Okay, I'm so curious about this. And I just have just so many questions. And so um, you're, you're a private investigator, like a licensed private investigator. Uh-huh. And um, I think what's so interesting, like from a business perspective, cause I'm a business owner too, is that you know, a lot of PIs, they're kind of like one man shops and they work out of their kitchen and, uh, and you're not, you're like really the opposite of that. Like, so how many, like, how did you get started in this? How many employees do you have now? Tell us, tell us about like the, the, uh, breadth of everything that you do. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's so interesting. You know, I mean, I, I owned a mortgage credit reporting agency, um, you know, that I started decades ago and I actually had a friend that, um, called me from a bank and said, I have a friend who needs your help, Sandra, you need to go and help her. So I just called her thinking it was another lender. And I went to meet with her the next day. She's like, come tomorrow. I really need to talk to you. And she was like, I'm placing people at IBM back then. It was decades ago. And she goes, and it's taking me forever to get a background check done. And I was like, I wasn't even doing background checks at the time, but I was in the information business. I was providing credit reports to the lending industry. So she, she said, I said, well, tell me what you need. And so we talked about it. We had a conversation. I went back and did some research and I, she was my first client for background checks. That was in 1996. So that was a ways ago. And then I ended up selling that company. And then I started Private Eyes 22 years ago. So, you know, when when I started Private Eyes 22 years ago, a lot of companies weren't doing background checks, but the companies that were, were very diligent about the information, you know, um, and I have some customers that are still using us today that were my very first customers. And we've just enhanced their programs over the years. So today I have just under 50 employees. Mm-hmm. We have 
locations. We're in Walnut Creek, California, and in Reno, Nevada. As I mentioned earlier, we're open from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific um, Standard Time. I'm licensed private investigator in three different states. Um, And, you know, being a private investigator is fun. It allows us access to information that sometimes we wouldn't have access to. Um, When you're doing a background check for employment purposes, we're always going to have the authorization of the candidate. And we follow the federal guidelines and the state guidelines for reporting. And everything is very compliant. But with having a private investigator's license, sometimes people will reach out to me and they'll need help with a special project. You know, they might need us to find someone, you know, sometimes people leave a company and they have 401k money, for example. So, you know, the company might need to know where those people are so that they can return funds to them. There's all different kinds of reasons that people reach out to us. And of course, we we have people that might reach out to us that want us to follow someone that's done, you know, workers comp issues, or, you know, there might be, um, you know, of course, because of our name privatized, we get a lot of domestic people that call us and want us to follow their spouse and things like that. You know, I always say, if you think they need to be followed, they probably do. And <laughs> you might want to save your money and have a conversation. Um, but, you know, sometimes we get asked to do those kinds of things too. And so those are kind of more um, side projects for us. You know, we, we, um, you know, we want to have access to information so we can help our clients with any kinds of special projects they need. But our core focus is really on employment, pre and post employment background checks. That's okay. So, okay. So I just got to ask the quite uh, some questions about you following people or your team following people. So what's the craziest uh, request you've had that you went ahead and did? And and I'm sure there are some that you said no to. Like, oh, yeah, there, there's some that, that, you know, there's some that, you know, for, for, I mean, I would have to say that some of the domestic ones are, you know, and I don't actually do the following. I have a team of people, you know, we have a team of people that do, and they're fantastic at what they do. But, you know, when, when you follow someone, I mean, with domestic, the problem with domestic is no one's really happy, right? Right. It, it costs a lot to do surveillance. and. Right you find out that you're right and the person is doing some adultery or something, whatever you think it is that they might be doing and they are, you're not really happy with that outcome, right? Right. You, the reassurance that you were right. And, you know, cause usually it's something negative, right? right, For the right. So, you know, you're not really happy with it. And if you find out they're not doing it, then, you know, you don't, you're like, why did I spend all that money? <laughs> right it's like why did I do that so but I would say that probably one of them that one was someone that um you know was he he was trucker and you know he wanted to verify that his girlfriend wasn't cheating on him and and things and so we followed her she wasn't doing anything and he just kept having us follow her and you know she wasn't doing anything but there's there has been cases where you know someone was right and you know that's never good news and then the person that hires us the thing why we don't really do a lot of that is because the person who hires us you know it's emotional and oh yeah give them information of where the person's at if there was someone else because someone might make a really bad decision mm-hmm. so we be careful so that we're not giving information to keep everybody safe. Right. And we wait a while to give a, you know, to give the proof of what we find so that the other person can not be, you know, try, you know, it's try. it's an emotional thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And that will make bad decisions. Oh, and totally. So, you know, right. So you don't want to be responsible for someone 
making a bad decision because you told them where their spouse was, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So, so what's, we're going to get back to background checks, but I just got one more question. (laughs) What's what's the percentage of people that they, they think their, their spouse or their boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever is cheating. Uh, What's the percentage of them that are, that you find to be correct? Oh, it's very high. It is very high. Is it really? I, okay. I can only I can only tell you that there's been a couple of cases where the person wasn't. Mm-hmm. All the other cases they were. So, oh you know, wow! So you're yeah. like looking at 99 percent type. Yeah, stuff. it's a higher percentage that are unfortunately right. So that's why I mean, like you know, usually I tell people when they call if it's domestic, I tell them you know if you um, if you think they are, they probably are. So try to have a communication. Or make a decision about if you can be with that or not, right? I mean, there's all crazy couples today. So, you know, some people are like, anything goes. And so, (laughs) not one of those people, right? Right. You know, it's a funny one. We had a workers' comp claim where we were following someone and he he supposedly couldn't use his arm or was disabled, right? Permanently disabled or something. And, you know, so the first day, you know, my guy's out there and he throws, he, he, he watches him throw a big bag of trash into the garbage and has it on video, right? Uh-huh. But you couldn't use your arm. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Or things like that. So there's, or somebody's playing basketball, right? Uh-huh. And so, you know, things like that. So those are kind of some fun ones in the, in the worker comp arena too. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's get back to background checks. So, yeah. um, so I, I have a very good friend who has a plumbing company. Actually, she was on the uh, on our podcast, Susan Frew, and um, uh, her employee, who she totally trusted, ended up putting them, what, three or $400,000 in debt. And um, it turns out that she, this particular employee had done this at two other jobs. And so she was doing things like um, charging gas to the company card because they have all the, all the plumbing trucks. Right. Right. And then she would, my friend, Susan, she wasn't sure if she was selling it to other people at the pump, like, like for a discount, like that kind of thing, or selling, selling gas cards on um, Craigslist. She, she wasn't sure, but there was, there was all these things and, and it's, um, it turned out to be a really big problem. So what is the solution like from your angle? Because we chatted a little bit about this too. Background checks show what people have been convicted of. And, and, and a lot of times people have done stuff and the employer just washes their hands and they just go away. We're not going right. to deal. So right. what's the solution for that? Well, there's two things, you know, and I'm so glad you brought that up because it's so important. Um, You know, because I talked to someone in, I was at an event once and I talked to a gentleman that owned a truck stop in the Midwest. Okay. You know, I pulled a background check on someone online. I just went online, $29 or whatever, $19.99. I pulled a background check. It came back clear. I hired this bookkeeper. And in a few months, I noticed $30,000 is gone. And so he's like, then you do, someone like you does a background check for me. And it shows that she had a misdemeanor for this in the past. Mm -hmm. Why didn't up right and so it's the difference between a database search and somebody who's actually going and verifying information and confirming it's your candidate right Mm -hmm. and so you know it's unfortunate that bookkeepers in today's market typically women 
are actually embezzling up to $30,000. It's a misdemeanor in most states. Mm -hmm. And if the employer only terminates the person and doesn't report it and take the time to go through pressing charges, so then the person, it won't come up and they'll just go get another job and do it again. Mm -hmm. So we're not really supporting each other if we don't um, if we don't follow through and, you know, I mean, it's one thing to terminate the person. Of course, you don't want them on your team. So of course you should do that. But if you don't take the next step and file a, um, a claim against the person and then follow through and make sure they're charged with it, then you, the next person that hires them is going to have the same issue mm -hmm. because what's happening is the person will do it again and again, once they get away with it. Right. And so if they lose their job, they've still gotten away with it, right? right. Because they didn't have a crime, they haven't been, they haven't been been um, charged with it. And so, until you're charged with it for background checks, we're reporting convictions. So you have to follow through and make sure the conviction happens yeah. for whether it's a misdemeanor or felony. In some states, it's, if it's up to ten thousand dollars or over ten thousand, it's a felony. So that person should have that on their record so that the next person that does it. Now, unfortunately, when you're doing an employment background, an employment verification, we're in such a litigious society today, people don't want to give information. So they'll say they're not available for rehire, but that's a signal. So you need to pay attention to that. If someone says, no, they're not available for rehire. I mean, you probably feel the same way I do, right? Is that anyone that did a great job for me and was reliable and dependable and did quality, I would hire back. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, and probably that person would have given me a two weeks notice or a month notice and left on good terms. And I would bring them back. Right. Mm -hmm. But if someone says, no, they're not available for rehire, even if they're not saying they stole from the company or, you know, they were unreliable or they were late all the time, or they didn't show up for work or any of that stuff. It's a signal. A no rehire is a signal. So people need to pay attention to that as well. But it's not going to come up if someone's, you know, if, if, if you don't take the time as the employer to have there be a consequence for the actions that your employee took, uh -huh. then you're not helping the next employer because that person will usually continue to do the same behavior. And now, that's is, is there a way to find out things they've been accused of? but not convicted yeah, of? Check for employment purposes. We can only report convictions. So okay. you, you cannot report anything if there's, you know, it has to be a conviction. So mm -hmm. anything else, if the case was dismissed, if it was expunged, um, anything that um, is less than a conviction cannot be reported. Uh, okay. Because, but, there, but, but that information is out there. So, so, when someone comes to you, you have to ask what is, for what purpose is this? Is that? Exactly, exactly. So, so if someone hired me as a private investigator, mm -hmm. then we have access to information and we can report it. And the person doesn't typically know that we're looking. So that's the difference, right? So when you have a private investigator license, you can do things without an authorization. But when we're doing things for an employer for pre-employment or post-employment, we always have the authorization from the candidate. So the candidate or the consumer knows that we're doing the background check. But when someone hires us as a private investigator, they, they usually do not know that we're looking. And then we can report everything on a PI report. So then could an employer just hire you as a private investigator or yes, is that? They yes, they could. Most of our clients um, follow the federal fair credit reporting guidelines. Mm -hmm. I mean, they all follow the federal fair credit reporting guidelines and any state guidelines 
around background checks for employment purposes, but a client could hire me to do PI work for them as well. That would be a different, that would be a different agreement Mm -hmm. than agreement we have for pre and post employment background checks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So, so that's super interesting. Like that you can go with two levels of, of, uh, checking on people. Um, so, uh, what's, what's the, like, what kind of, what kind of fraud cases have you worked on or well, what it, kind of, what kind of fraud have you seen come, come through? Oh, you know what? I would say that what I was thinking about that this morning and, you know, I would say that probably one of the most interesting cases that we had from a background check perspective is that we had a candidate that applied at um, they applied at a client's for a client of ours Mm -hmm. that had more than one entity and they applied using a social security number. But they provided us documents for employment like W-2 and different things like that. And then they they. they got hired for, I don't know if they were hired for, it was a very short period of time at that company mm-hmm. and then they were terminated. Then they applied at their other company. Oh. And they, provided, they provided a different social security number. Oh, and, wow. But they provided the same documents that we got for, so the name was the same. Mm-hmm. I think the name was changed a little bit, but the social security was different. But my employee, um, brought it to my uh, my attention because they said the documents the candidate provided for the previous employment are the same, and the documents have this social on it. They don't have this social on it, which is which was very obvious, right? And then as that unraveled, you know that person gave us more and more information that was fraudulent, and so that is probably one of the most extreme cases that we've had because different documents that the candidate gave us had the different socials on it but she mixed them up on the two files but we were looking at the file that we did first for her because my employee was like that name sounds familiar and then she went and found it and brought it to me so we were able to address it with our client and let them know so that they weren't going to have a problem because it was the same person that was only you know on board I don't know if they I mean, it was such a short term, right? It maybe been a week or two weeks. So obviously it did not work out the first time. They didn't want to go there again. But the biggest key is that the the candidate is falsifying information. Oh, yeah. Discrepancy on your background check can cause you to lose the offer or lose your position. Mm -hmm. An employer can terminate you at any time that they find out that the information is falsified or there's a discrepancy on it. So Mm -hmm. even if you have a discrepancy for dates of employment or for the degree, if you say you have a degree, like I actually went to someone's graduation once for to be a nurse. And then after the graduation, we're having dinner and I'm like, where are you going to go to work? And she's like, oh, I can't go to work yet. I'm not, I'm not done with my degree. So I was like, well, what do you mean? I just watched you walk and graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're celebrating your graduation. And so she needed to go back and finish one credit or one uh-huh. class. Something, but a lot of times people don't go back and finish. But then they say they have a bachelor's, or they say they have an, you know, their their license or whatnot. If you say you have it and you didn't finish it, we're going to verify that you don't have it, and you're going to lose out on the job opportunity that you're. Oh yeah. 
you know, it's a discrepancy in our world. We call it a falsification, mm-hmm. but you know, a more, a softer way to say it is it's a discrepancy, <laughs> a softer way. <laughs> you know, the falsifying, but really the employer is going to look at it like it's falsifying. If there's anything on the resume that doesn't match what you put on the background check, mm-hmm. even it could be dates of employment. So what's really common today is dates of employment. Someone may have worked for a staffing agency and yet they put that they worked for Google and then, oh. you know, and then, but then when we've called contact Google, they don't have any record of the person. Uh-huh. And so if we, if, if we call the content, the candidate and ask him, so typically your background screening company is going to just report that you never worked at Google and it looks like a discrepancy. Well, what you can do as the consumer or the candidate is you can contact the background screening company and you can say, I worked for XYZ staffing company at Google. So I was at Google, but my paycheck came from this company. Uh, that candidates need to know is you need to be really specific and put the right information so that we verify it. So your background check doesn't come back with anything that's inaccurate. Right. Oh, wow. Now, how, how long does it take to do a check? Because if, if you're calling everything that people list, I mean, that's that takes a while. Like, what, yeah. And I know you all have a quick turnaround, like quicker than most. Right. Right. What, how long does it really take? Well, you know, 90% of the time we complete the reports in 24 to 48 hours. Mm-hmm. If there's going to be a discrepancy, if there's going to be any delay, you know, so obviously last year we had this unique year of COVID. Yeah. It, it, it's a pandemic. None of us dealt with it before. Mm-hmm. Some ports were closed. That's beyond our control. But we reach to our clients and we communicate that. But now things are reopening. You know, we're back to 24 to 24 to 48 hours, 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And because we're open from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., regardless of where you're at in the United States, we have people calling on reports during those time zones that you're at. Oh. And so you know, we have a system and processes in place that allow us to do the fast turnaround time. It does take a lot of um, talent to be able to do it. And I'm, yeah. fortunate, you know, a lot of my team has been with me for multiple years. So they're all trained and they do a great job. Mm-hmm. So then um, now do you have some proprietary uh uh, I guess ways to look people up or uh, were we talking about that or um, like what, what kind of system are you hooked into? Oh, you know what? That's a great question. So, so we actually own our own software. Mm-hmm. So you want to say today that we're a technology and marketing company that provides the service of background checks. Mm-hmm. So we have this really easy to use set um, technology. It's easy for the candidate, easy for the client, but we're connected um, through technology to some of our vendors as well. So some of the information we're able to get through different databases, some of the courts we can get information back, but we re-verify every conviction that we find to make sure it's our candidate before we report it. So we don't want to have any disputes yeah. from we want to make sure the information is really accurate when our client gets it, they can make their hiring decision and then move on. Right. Right. So, but our technology is super easy to use. It's integrated with a lot of our vendors and it makes it, it, it helps us with the speed of and efficiency. We also have internal processes that we've developed for following up on things and tracking things by the hour and by the minute as they come into our system. Oh, so wow. it's really about, you know, a younger version of myself was all about just 
you know, growing, growing, growing. And then once we slowed down a little bit to um, develop our software and to develop all the internal processes, now we just have processes for everything. And then our management team makes sure that those processes are being followed. And it just makes it really easy on the team, which has really been um, the way that we've retained our talent, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say that a younger version of myself, I had higher turnover. Uh And today, because we have everything documented and everybody's trained on the process, they're certified FCRA experts through our industry um, standard, which is PBSA, Mm -hmm. Professional Background Screening Association. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're accredited through that. So, you know, but it's made it so much better for the team. And, um, you know, the team, they take care of the customers and they make sure everything goes out right. So, you know, they make my life really easy. <laughs> so um, let's let's talk about uh, the pandemic and reopening and and rehiring and things like that. I, I assume are you already starting to see an uptick in, um, in in your business as a result of that, or what what are you seeing coming on? Yeah, you know what? I we're so fortunate, and I'm so grateful, and I feel blessed that you know we when we sheltered in place in 2020, in March of 2020, we were able to do it in a day because we have a bit, we had a solid business continuity plan. Uh And so we were able to do it, but then we found out that we were essential because our clients are food and beverage and transportation companies across Uh the U S. And so we were, even though we were able to shelter in place, we were able, because we have our technology, we were able to keep operating and doing business. And our customers said they didn't see anything different, which Then we started for our office, everyone, some of my um, Reno location, they stayed in the office the whole time, a handful of people. But by September, probably everyone was back in our Reno office. California, we have most of our team back now. Um, A few people stayed remote, but most people are back in the office. We definitely are seeing an increase in in volume. You know, we had several hundred more customers ordering in March than we did in January. So that's just to give you an idea. Every month, more customers are ordering by, you know, which tells me that things are opening up and that they're hiring, right? We closed a new client in March of last year. They sheltered in place. They obviously stopped hiring. Then they opened in September, but they didn't start hiring till January. So they started hiring in January, but now their volume is increasing significantly. So they're ramping up to get back to where they were previously. And I see that pretty much across the board, right? So I think that the rest of the year, we're going to see a lot. Now, what I'm hearing is that it's hard for them to find candidates. You know, people are, they say all these people are out of work. And I know that there's been some stimulus and I know there's been some increase in unemployment and so forth, but you know, people need to get back to work. That's not going to last forever. Right. 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 Well, that, well, that's, that's just the thing. And so, when when you're screening people, at what level is it mostly? I mean, because are are restaurants doing this for servers and bartenders, or is it more middle? Like, where, what's what's your breakout of? of- yeah, it really depends on the type of business, mm-hmm. you know, how big they are, and um, you know, and it's really about like whoever's running it, right? So, you know, bigger food chains are doing a background check, but it's like retail stores. They're, you know, retail stores have a higher turnover typically. Mm-hmm. 
10 people, right? So they want something that's quick and easy that just tells them if someone has a conviction on something, right? Mm-hmm. They're more really looking at, there's some industries that are going to look at for um, these, the, this position, they want a quick and easy background check that they're going to get fast. Mm-hmm. So to use some um, database search or something. We don't recommend that because we find that that's not the best practice, but that's what some companies want. And so, but most of the companies that use private eyes are doing a really comprehensive background check. And it doesn't matter if they're a garden center or if they're a financial institution that's Mm -hmm. hiring people that we're doing an extensive FDIC search on. So we're doing employment, education, licenses, all criminal, you know, credit, all, it can be very in-depth background check. So we have different levels that we can do based on what the customer's needs are. Oh, wow. So, so what, can you give us an idea of, I'm so curious, like how much does a, does a good background check cost? Well, it depends. You could have, you could have um, a background check that is just criminal records and it could be somewhere around 40 or $50 to a background check that is 150 or $200. Okay. So it really depends for a higher level position executive for a fortune 500 company or for um, a, a company that a private equity company is going to acquire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to want us to do all kinds of social media, civil searches, you know, a more in-depth um, background check. And that might be 150 or $200. Yeah. So it's, range depending on the in the depth of search we do but it, i mean that's nothing that's nothing compared to the amount of if, if you're a small business yes. thirty thousand dollars because they're you're hire them to do it something in accounting mm-hmm. and they you know steal checks or your credit card or any of those kind of things you know it that can be detrimental to a small business right and if you're a big business usually you're going to have more checks and balances in accounting but if someone is going to do that they can still figure out how to do it right oh yeah absolutely yeah there was someone in Colorado that had um, a branch manager that um, you know had a gambling problem and you know they used the comp they did a loan from the company and it didn't come up until they sold the company right they sold it and then it came up on the books and when he went and addressed it the person was like you know i have this problem that person's going away right so yeah yeah so Um, so so, but so these things happen so it's important to have checks and balances but the best thing you can do in today's market is know who you're hiring right if they have the credentials that they state, they have a degree that they state. I mean, if, if, if we were going to um, have surgery, we would want to know that the doctor had the credentials. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. This is important when you're running your business. You need to know who you're hiring. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to not have any risk by making that decision, but you're going to have less risk. So it mitigates your risk of being in it, of the being, whether you're the owner or the manager, it keeps the business safer if you know who you're hiring. And, you know, we, none of, you know, people are humans and we don't know what humans are all going to do in the future. But typically when you look at someone's past, it's predictive of what they'll do in the future. Absolutely. Unless something catastrophic happens, you know, people have different tipping points, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Some of the things are like, you know, your kid gets sick or um, bank tellers, you hear, uh, you know, they think they'll I'll pay back Friday, you know, yeah. and, and <laughs> no one catches it. And then it, it yeah. keeps going like that. So, so there are, you know, things that develop, but yeah, past behavior is a very big indicator. Um, right. Susan, my friend who we talked about with the plumbing company, she ended up turning her business around after the loss. She moved it into her house 
And um, she noticed, she hired someone else, right? And she noticed some stuff was missing around her house. She set up cameras. And this was just the other day. And really? Yeah, yeah. She set, she set up cameras in her house and she sent me the video. She's like, look, I found out where everything is. And, and this employee, her new employee that she really trusted was stealing stuff like out of her purse, out of, out of everything. Yeah. So um, you, you never really know, but you do want to make an educated you know, guess and educated risk on, on someone. I bet you hear all kinds of things, huh? Oh yeah. Oh, well, well that, that's why I, I developed my TV series yeah. uh, that I think we, ta- I think we talked about it, uh, truth, lies and cover-ups. And uh, because it's about all those stories that, that are just jaw dropping, like what are you serious? And it's all hidden in plain sight. Right. So, right, right, exactly. so by the time someone gets to me, they're going to wish that they had you to start with. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, so, you know, and it's, it's just a good, it's just a best practice to, to do background checks. I remember there's been companies that I went and saw 10 or 15 years ago and they were like, Oh, Sandra, we don't have any problems. We have 200 employees, never had a problem. And I said, well, when you, I'll still be here and you can call me and not a, a year or two went by and she called me and she said, you know what, Sandra, you were right. And now I need you. <laughs> and now oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they say it's up, you know, a small company, just across the board, fraud laws 5% at least on companies. And that's, and that's small, you know, in a good month. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it happens all, from stealing paper clips on up to um, can't, buying yourself a new mansion, you know, so. Well, you know, you speak of cameras and, you know, I have a friend that had stat, had staff some people staffed at a fortune 500 company and she had to terminate someone because they had her on camera taking pins from the company oh. and small like pins but they had her on camera that she took the pins and they were the company pins and so huh. like you know you have to terminate her and so that was something small but can you imagine things that are bigger right you know i mean laptops computers people are oh using- yeah mobile devices today that the company provided. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if someone has a, a thousand people using mobile devices and they don't return them to work or they take other stuff? I mean, oh, it totally. significant, right? Well, yeah. And it's funny because little things like the other day I ran out of paper clips and I haven't worked for anybody in uh, more than 20 years, you know, and I'm like, this is the kind of stuff you're supposed to get from the office. You know? <laughs> I'm like, how can I really buy paper clips? But that's what I went out and did. I paper clip the other day too. And I was like, there was nothing. I couldn't find one. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, cause we don't use paper at our office anymore. I mean, uh-huh. most everything is just stored electronically, you know, decade, over a decade ago, we had huge filing cabinets and we had all the reports stored. We used to print them and then send them and, you know, electronically to people, but we still printed them, audited them, all that. Now it's all done electronically. Everybody's using dual screens, but me. <laughs> no, I know. I like my paper and all the reading stuff on their other screen. And I'm like, you guys, I don't have a dual screen, so I can't see what you're doing. I yeah. just have <laughs> They're like, that's enough for you. <laughs> oh, too good. All right. Okay. Sandra, how can people get a hold of you? Um, tell us all about that. Oh, you know what? You can go to my website, privateyesbackgroundchecks.com, or you can email me, Sandra at pebackgroundchecks.com, or you can call me at 925-927-3333. Perfect. It's worth doing. It's cheaper than a big loss. So thank you so much. You've been fantastic today. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me, and this was super fun, and have a great day. All right. 
Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time. Thank you.